What binds our community is not our background or stage of life, but our common love for Jesus Christ. We need the community of believers around us to help us grow in Christ's likeness and so that we can help others do the same. This is what sets the church apart from any other type of community. I'm your host, Aaron Miller, pastor of equipping at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. Welcome to the Magnify Podcast. friends. Thank you for joining us for another Magnify podcast episode. We are in the series on foundations of faithfulness, and I'm joined this morning by two very good friends and fellow pastors. We have Pastor Joe Keller and Pastor (laughs) Peter Beers. Now, look, guys, before we get into this, I have a feeling we can very easily get ourselves in trouble. So let's just get all the wiggles out here in the beginning. We're going to have a little fun before we dive into today's content. We're going to do a little five-question lightning round. Peter, we're going to start with you. Okay. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? First thing I can remember is I wanted to be a pilot, but I'm afraid of heights. That didn't work. Well, yeah, that's, that's a conflict there. <laughs> Favorite artist or band? Uh, secular, James Taylor. Um, Christian artist. Stephen Curtis Chapman. There you go. Favorite oh, song by James like Taylor. Favorite song by James Taylor. Oh no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't pick one. You couldn't just choose one. I couldn't just choose. Too Sorry, good. I couldn't. All I couldn't. right. What about Stephen Curtis Chapman? Uh, Same thing. Can't choose. It's too good. No, no, I can't. They both have very <laughs> different hair situations. Mexico, Mexico, and uh, the Great Adventure. <laughs> Sorry, you weren't asking me, but nonetheless. But now we know. Right. Yeah, we are going to get in trouble. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, here, favorite movie? One of my favorite movies is kind of an odd one called On Golden Pond. On Golden Pond. What year did that come out? I have no idea. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Guilty pleasure snack? Oh, my go-to is always some kind of nut. Almonds, cashews. All right. Yeah. All right, Pastor Joe, we're going to kick it over to you. I just was having fun listening to Peters. <laughs> I kept on, wanting to, kept on wanting to jump in. On Golden Pond, I think, won Best Picture, actually. I did. Yeah. It's fantastic film. Pastor Joe, when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think probably the one that that got the most traction was I wanted to be a theater actor. And then before that, I wanted to train dolphins and or be a stuntman. (laughs) So all three of those were legitimate (laughs) things that had captivated my attention. But I think theater actor was the one that got the most steam. Have you ever pet a dolphin? Yes. Ooh, yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Sea yeah. World. I mean, yeah, yeah. So okay. At some point, at some point. But no, I mean, that's a lot. You know, the person is out there with the whistle up on the tie la- tall ladder. You know, sure. and then watch them do that. I was captivated by it. Marine World when I was a kid. I was like, you know what? I think I want to do that. Then I realized that you had to be a marine biologist, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Joe Keller's going to make the cut on that one. <laughs> Favorite artist or band? Uh, I really, I would say that Harry Connick Jr. is probably the longest standing individual artist, but I really do like kind of that jazz trio vibe. I think Harry's probably one of the really, you know, fine artists. Yeah, and then, you know, there's certain bands that kind of follow you, you know, through there, but I would say Harry Connick's probably right. that Yeah. Favorite movie? The Incredibles. It used to be, it used to be Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but The Incredibles. That's is, a drastic pivot. No, it's not actually. 
and if, if we had more time on, on our side magnify podcast you know when we deconstruct <laughs> movies which i think would be a great idea by the way but nonetheless uh no it's it's fantastic what brad bird did there and when you look at that film and how it was created with the level of detail and thoughtfulness with an original script the score was was recorded on reel to reels the amount of details and how many scenes they did and how thoughtful it was in this immersive universe it just it's incredibly captivating guilty pleasure snack good night nuts peter yeah mine's like ice cream pizza yeah i was gonna say that's i was like really I, healthy. I mean like i like to have a cashew between 10 and 1 30. <laughs> like good night I, I was thinking about that i mean gee whiz i'm a slob i'm an absolute slob you know what else? but i think the guiltiest of it which i know i should never have it's the late night bowl of cereal Oh yeah. Mm. So like life cereal at like eleven thirty at night, you know, where I'm like, this is bad for me at like so many levels, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, oh, but that bowl <laughs> of cereal, it's so good. Well, it depends on the cereal too. Mm. I mean, oh yeah. If you're diving into the Lucky Charms, yeah, no, you're yeah. gonna wear that. Not cashews, sir. Well, I would be really... so excited. I would be so glad if my guilty pleasure snack was an <laughs> almond. <laughs> Wow. Which is probably why Peter, which is probably why Peter is so smooth, right? I mean, we all have oh, to admit dude. that everybody on staff that Peter's like the most Doctor Smooth of us all. Like, I'm like, and maybe that's my problem. I need to start with cashews and almonds now. There you go. And then that'll mean that you know, when life and ministry goes, I'm gonna be like, oh, I could be smooth like Peter Beers. Wow. <laughs> all the listeners who know Peter, like. Oh yeah, definitely. No, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously. They're gonna be sad. They're gonna be like, "No, he is smooth. He is smooth." Now watch what you've done. You're gonna get like <laughs> office be bombarded by cashews no, and that's right. And okay. Seriously, and just send them my way because obviously I have a problem. <laughs> well, so this has not really turned out to be a lightning round, uh, but evening <laughs> but person. We are, but, but we are warming up. I mean, we are talking about community. We are talking. Yeah, about, we're getting there. We're, we're talking about there. real. You know, this is what real life is. That totally. That, life and ministry that they map on to the fact that I need to rethink but we're not. my snacks. I just, I can't believe it. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Go ahead, Aaron. No, well, you know, evening person or morning person or just 24 seven. What are you? <laughs> I, love, I, love. I do. I do enjoy the morning. I yeah, do enjoy the morning. No, it's very, very quiet. Well, brothers, thank you both for being here. Um, sure. As you know, last episode, uh, I was with uh, pastor Dave and we were mm. discussing the topic of community as pastor Joe just uh, identified and, um, community is so central to the Christian faith, and it's it's very assumed in the scriptures. You know, it's just a natural rhythm that we see modeled in the New Testament. And I kind of just want to start there in, a, in just a general way. Why is community so important when it comes to understanding the gospel? I mean, you can think of Santa Clarita as a community, but when you think of the gospel, the gospel puts all of our emphasis not on location where we live, or even our neighborhoods as much as it does on a person. So if the person is the thing that drives us to one another and binds us to one another, then it's obviously a, a, a much more important uh, part of the gospel. Plus the fact that I think within that relationship that starts with God, we also learn from the gospel that we are in relationship with one another, that if right. we start with God, we start as well with his family and how that transpires. We are a part of something that God is doing globally and has been doing and will be until he comes back. That's our community. That's the focus of it. Yeah, it's that reality that 
like what Peter's saying, once you recognize that, that the gospel, the gospel unites a people to God, that that transforms how you see others. Mm-hmm. So right out of Romans twelve five, where it says that, that, that we're actually members of one another. That means that I belong to you and you belong to me right. in a way that is um, tangible. So the actual essence of my being is united to the people of God. And therefore, that means that I have a responsibility. Right. So if you think about it in terms of like how families care for one another or how that's portrayed, how much more so to those who have been redeemed in the body of Christ that, or once we see that, once we understand that, it transforms then your Wednesday nights, your your Thursday afternoons, and especially your Sunday mornings, knowing that we're not just sharing a common parking lot right. and we all go to the same thing, but actually actually we we belong and are members of one another. Right. It's really important. How we are held together in community is a great defense of our faith as well. When you look at community and how it's formed out in the world, it's usually through common interests, stage of life, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And of course, those are elements that we experience here in ABFs and certainly the age of life or stage of life ministries like the youth ministry or the children's ministry. However, what should stand out um, to a, an observant world about the community of faith is how people from all walks of life, backgrounds, socioeconomic status, and, mm-hmm. and all of that are held together by something that can't be held by this world. Right, because if you think about it, when I walk on on a Sunday morning, the reason why I move towards others is is compelled by something that's greater than the sum total of my preferences. Then what that does is that that transforms not only how I engage with others, but then it also it also reframes when others move towards me. Because there's this belonging that isn't at risk. So out of every other community that I have, which will inherently be at risk because it's built on something other than the gospel. That Romans 8 1 says that that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if I'm putting those two together, that I know that ultimately I am not at risk because my identity is found in Christ, and that identity is 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 translated to and transforming on how you and I see each other because we are of the same, then therefore, not only my high calling to community, but then also my ability to do it mm-hmm. is courageously informed by the gospel itself. Anything less, I'm not going to move towards because the only thing that both compels and the only thing that empowers is that something beyond me is uniting myself to your heart and right. to your heart. Where have we seen the world's definition of community in a way eke its way into the church and influence it? I would say that probably the most defining differentiation between a worldly community and a gospel-centered community is its disposableness. What do you mean by that? What I mean is, is that, oh, well, you know, we get into conflict, something doesn't work, and then I'm just going to ghost you, I'm going to ignore you, I'm going to move on to something else. That, that relationships and community is transient and disposable depending on what the person themselves values or wants in any particular moment. Right. So therefore, if community is defined by the person alone, then depending on what flavor or what season 
And what pleases them is what they're going to pursue or have. Only a biblical worldview that's framed out by the gospel actually has enough breadth and depth to be able to move into every single different personality, age, to be able to move towards others, whether it be in conflict or, or difference. So when you bring your bike riding group or your Costco membership idea of what it means to belong, right. and you bring that into the church, then if the church or if the relationships don't provide you with things that are, I don't know, help you with your upward mobility sure. in whatever you are trying to achieve, then you dispose of it or you do other things. And this usually contributes to people really misunderstanding the importance of fellowship. They use the world's definition of hanging out or associating with other people and apply it to fellowship. But actually, fellowship is a lot deeper and um, a lot more involved than simply being in proximity with other people. What are some highlights of how the New Testament talks about fellowship? Well, I think for me, the gospel kind of informs me that fellowship is based first with my relationship with the Lord John talked about that in 1 John because he said that we, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Mm. That sense of, of, first of all, that that's where our fellowship is rooted. So we don't, we can try, we can have affinity groups and we can have things that we would do together. Sure. But what we bring of our relationship with Jesus into those relationships is really mm. where God begins to do the work that he wants to do within the church. Right. And then ultimately together, recognizing the gospel informs us that we're all sinners, that we're all broken, we're all in a place not only where hopefully we can find um, acceptance because of that. We don't have to pretend we're something like we would out in the world. Right. Plus the fact that we're all growing. We're all students, if you will, whether we're a pastor or, <laughs> or part of the congregation, we're trying to, we're trying to just learn how God loves us and how he wants us to love other people. If he can boil it down to the great commandment. So my, my thought is that, that what we have of our relationship with Christ is the best thing we can offer to one another in fellowship. Mm, What they can see of Christ in me is gonna do them a whole lot better than what I can necessarily say or do, I think. Yeah, Yeah, and the the goal of it is that, said looking towards others, thinking how and what can I do today to grow into Christ-likeness and to to help others to do the same to thinking that I'm broken and in need of change, that you're broken and in need of change. And the thing that unites us is the thing which is, which is most glorious, which is that for us to know and to understand who Jesus is and how that applies mm. to our everyday life, that that kind of union is what really defines fellowship. And I think it's something that I've been able to see what happens within the choir, right? And, and Peter said it. It's like, it's never about the thing that ultimately unites us, right? And even though the love of music, right? And the, the love of pursuing and communicating truth through, through song, right? And through, uh, through all the different components that can happen at a public um, context that I can just give testimony to that in the end, what really binds the choir together, uh, music is secondary. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. What right. binds them together, I mean, besides their love of snacks, really, I mean, there's a good night. Almond, the snacks almond, are so great. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you can see it 
on display that here's a group of people that genuinely want to encourage one another towards love and good deeds on what it means to follow Jesus. And the context that they get to do that is through their, um, their pursuit of, of what it means to serve in the choir. But it doesn't, I mean, and it doesn't stay there that that commitment that happens there also works into Thursday afternoons and works into their families. And when they care Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on all the different spectrums. And I think that's the part about true fellowship that really, um, that really is the most beautiful and the most exciting is that following Jesus and true fellowship isn't just limited to meeting for an hour to read God's word and to pray together or to walk through some book or to be in a ministry on a Wednesday. But all of those same pursuits of really diving into what it means to follow Jesus does apply to when you're thinking through your finances Mm. or when you're thinking through what sports team I should go on or how do I respond to an untimely and tragic death or how do I think about music or how do I think of what things to have on my playlist? Only a biblical worldview frames all of those things together under God's word. And I think this is what's most remarkable is that the ability to apply those things is always in the context of interpersonal relationships. Like I can't see myself accurately without help. Mm. And once you realize that that being a part of the people of God is not an afterthought in God's redemptive plan, but mm-hmm. actually an essential component, then all of a sudden what I see modeled in the choir all makes sense. We go, wait a minute, that choir isn't another thing that you do, but it's actually just an expression of who you are in every area. I mean, are those fair observations, Peter? Yes, I've, I've seen it. I've been able to be the recipient of their prayer. I've been able to watch them care for each other mm-hmm. and whether that's financially whether that's just emotional you know strength that comes from a hug whether that's yeah. people getting together for dinner the guys get together every month just to have breakfast together mm-hmm. they're investing in what it means to not just be a friend but to be Christ to one another yeah that makes such a difference. Absolutely. In what ways is community somewhat intimidating? Well, for me, I know I've received much more prayer than I probably could ever give to any one person, mm-hmm. although I feel like I've received, you know, uh, a lot. And um, and so sometimes I, I just think to myself, I could never pray enough for the people <laughs> of, of the church uh, because it drives me, I think God drives me in that intimidation really to to look at my own heart, but but really to try to feel that who he wants me to connect to, whether mm-hmm. it's him through prayer or somebody else, regardless, sure. um, he'll lead that. He'll, he just, he's given yeah. me his spirit to help me do that. Yeah, but, because we can't be close to everyone in the same way exactly. as pastors. Exactly. And in a church our size... Um, you know, we can we can put that imposed pressure on ourselves, and many times that's unhealthy, ungodly. Yeah. You know, people's expectations are always yeah, there. sure, sure, yeah. and that's always there. Um, Pastor Joe, from your experiences, you have gotten to know uh, the Grace family the past couple of years now as a pastor. But of course, you, you've had a relationship with our church for a number of years, uh, mm. stemming back a few decades. Mm. How how can that be intimidating for? 
I think someone in the ministry or a church leader who maybe feels that pressure to um, to be a part of a community in a way that they're just not sure that they're able. I think the most intimidating thing about community is that somebody might actually know me. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. That's that's the reality. The most intimidating thing about biblical community is that it's actually a call that somebody might actually know me. But then the beauty of, and I think the answer to that intimidation goes back to the gospel again, because I know that the thing that I don't want people to know about me is that I'm a sinner and broken and in need of change. But yet the thing that is most celebrated and what I most cling to is that I'm a redeemed sinner who is now being made new according to the work of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus Christ. So the, the very thing in which someone is moving towards me in community and the very thing in which I'm most afraid of right. is actually the answer to it all, which is to say why we're interacting is not that you're trying to be some like Columbo to me, but rather that you're actually moving towards me <laughs> so that you might speak in a way that will either help you grow as a Christ follower or help me grow as a Christ follower. And once I remove that and to listen to and to move towards and to enjoy that the interactions that I have in the end is under that main high call, that it allows that intimidation and that fear to subside. Like the other, the other day I saw a family, they were coming in, they were coming into church on Sunday and I like to hang out, you know, on the patio and say hello because Sunday is my favorite day of the week. And so I'm out there and. And then you see it, right? You see it. You see the mom and the dad with four littles, right? And they're coming in and there's this look of going, this is where we're supposed to be. Mm. Like our world is a hot mess right now, but you want to know what? This is where we're supposed to be. And I go, man, the encouragement and, and the hard work and the joy of investing. Right. And then I think to myself, man, what are the, what are the areas in my own heart and life? And that encourages me for the, whatever that might be equivalent in my life to be able to apply that. Enjoy the fact that the people around your table at an ABF is different than the people that you hang out with in your own neighborhood, which is different than your Thanksgiving table, which is different than what's happening uh, at your marketplace, which is different than your men's Bible study. And rather than trying to pose its value on its depth, you can reframe it by posing its value on its true value. Right. which is that my interaction with you has net yielded my enjoyment of and my pursuit of Christ and vice versa. And then we allow seasons of life. We allow gender, age, time, context mm -hmm. to all allow those things to ebb and flow, not disposable, but to ebb and flow into a beautiful mosaic and I'm looking at Peter, harmonious chorus of fellowship. <laughs> and it, sound, it sounds like some of our listeners are like, what, a, what kind of Pollyanna world do you live in? And I go, the world that we fight for. Right, right. The, because, world, be the world that you don't have to be afraid that somebody really does know you. Straight up. Right. Because in the end, the end, that's worth fighting for. Because in the end, I don't want to do that because I can play better tennis with someone. Right. And so once we begin to reframe that and go, wait a minute, it is the same in terms of people are people, but it's fundamentally, fundamentally different and being renewed because we're growing into Christ likeness. 
all of a sudden the adventure of, oh, now here, I'm just having fun now, but <laughs> the adventure of awkward people Amen. becomes a beautiful exploration of seeing and leaning in on where Christ is in them. And it, and it removes some of those things where I go, what's that? Yeah, that I might not know whatever, but I'll tell you what, I can be at any place on our Grace campus and be able to interact at whatever social level, at whatever personality level, whatever, to be able to not run away and hide, but rather to lean in because I know in the end that what ultimately binds us is there, even if I can't see it at first. You realize because of what God has done, you have a place to belong. Mm. There's, there's nothing better than, and, and whether you're an introverted or extroverted or whatever, right. what God has done for you allows you to be in the midst of a diverse group of people and belong. And that's pretty much at the core of what a lot of us want. So both of you speak to a hypothetical person right now. Mm -hmm. I trust that there's someone listening that this act actually applies to. Yeah. What would you say, and Peter, we'll start with you. What would you say to someone who just started coming to Grace, mm -hmm. but who had a bad experience at a previous church and is having a hard time trusting community within the church again? Mm -hmm. My main question for people coming from some other church is, did you leave there on good terms? Mm -hmm. And if not, why? Mm -hmm. We all have to take responsibility for the way we interact, and my hope is, is as a pastor of a church, part of our job is to guard our church mm -hmm. from people coming yeah. in who are just bringing their problem with it. But I think more importantly, my, my question for them is, what is it you hope to experience here that would build that trust for you? Mm. Because my sense is, if we just run to the Psalms, God is our trust, and why should we fear man? So it can be a fear problem. It can be something that's internally gone on that when they come to a new place, they want to find that somebody's going to know them. Somebody's going to say, so what, what do you hope to find here that you didn't find someplace else? Mm. And only then can I really enter in to, to walk alongside them and say, Trust is something that's built. It's not something that's just laid in your lap. Mm -hmm. And if you're committed to building trust with me, I'm committed to building trust with you. Yeah. But if you're not going to be, <laughs> it's really hard for us as a church to live up to someone else's expectation. Yeah. Joe, what would you yeah, say? To yeah, it's interesting, you know, to, to name, I mean, it's good counsel, right? To be able to name what it is that has injured you in your other context, mm -hmm. just to name that. Sure. Because like what Peter's saying, if you're not naming it, you're just gonna, you're just gonna dress it up into um, plausible or um, desired expectations. Mm -hmm. But really in the end, really in the end, that what Peter's speaking to is really true, is to be able to name first and foremost, what is it that's, what is it that's happened in your heart that has been so hard that would cause you to leave the fellowship of which you're in and what you hope to um, find healing and renew and maybe a different expression of that. And it's really powerful to be able to say, 
have you actually a part of addressing that is one is naming it, but mm-hmm. then two saying, have you been faithful to address it with those who are over you at your church? Right. Have you, have you really practiced those things? Because that's modeling Christian community as much as it is what you desire to see in the new church, because that's going <laughs> to being able to address those things. Yeah. Be present, mm-hmm. be present, mm-hmm. never underestimate the power of the cumulative effect of just being present, being at, being at an ABF, you're just there and you Mm -hmm. say hi to the same people. And everybody knows if you're a Baptist, if you sit in the same place three times, that's your place, (laughs) right? That's where you sit and and people, and people all sit in the same spot. And then you come and you're present and you're consistent and you would be amazed at how much relationship happens just by the sheer fact Mm -hmm. that you are in the same place at the same time, week after week after week. And then it gives the opportunity then to move forward. I think the next thing that I would offer to them is come to church or come to an event or come to a Bible study and just come being willing to ask one good question of somebody. Mm -hmm. Just one good question. Simple stuff. Yeah, just come in. That's one good question. I think another thing that I would add as well that everybody can do um, is to is to listen well and to pray. I mean, a very, very simple way to build friendship, true fellowship with somebody. And, and Peter had given testimony of this earlier on as we've mm-hmm. been talking, is the power of prayer as a communication of care and of wanting to know someone. Say one simple thing, say, hey, it's been great to hang out with you today. What's one way that I can pray for you? Mm, definitely. Um, Brothers, any resources you'd recommend to our listeners on this matter? Other than the Bible, I'm assuming you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, one of the books that we're using a lot right now, Aaron, yeah. is we're using um, Caring for One Another, Ed Welch's book. Yeah. So uh, we're um, that's a fantastic read. It's about less than 100 pages and just walks through just practical. Even for the listener, though, talking about, man, I really enjoy what you're talking about, but how do you practically work that out? Uh, that book has uh, just several chapters that really talk about um, even just like Bible studies and how do you just engage with people? I think that's a highly biblical, great resource. Agreed. Um, I agree. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, I also enjoy uh, the book uh, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, Paul Tripp's book. Uh, it's, mm. uh, it's great. Just talking mm. about um, who we are as human beings and what are some ways that we can interpersonally move towards others. Um as you as you look at those, those are really helpful in terms of um, interpersonal dynamics sure. and maybe some skill sets uh, that relate to that relate to community that I found. And can I name three resources that actually yeah, are, sure. aren't books? Yeah, Peter Beers, <laughs> Joe Keller, <laughs> Aaron Miller, and Aaron Miller. Yeah, and we would love to talk to anybody who wants to take that next step. Yeah, no joke. Go deeper into our church, and oh, of course, I sure. I'm, I'm implying our other pastor brothers as well on that mix but mm-hmm. uh we want to be a resource to our people and um come alongside of them build them up equip them encourage yeah, them for sure and that's why sunday the lord's day is the best day mm, indeed indeed amen. Amen. amen brothers thanks for for joining me today oh uh, thanks for being part peter that was fun man it was very fun uh, thank this, you this is great thanks aaron okay my friends thank you for joining us this time hopefully you're able to join us next time on the magnify podcast foundations of faithfulness as we explore the topic of hope as one of the key features of our foundation thank you for joining us we'll see you next time